blanket fort. I live in my blanket fort. There's no reverb when I'm in my blanket fort. All right, that's people on the album. We got Cookie Song. We got a it's death a metal song. thing by Seuss Level Six, and we that's got right. blanket, oh, blanket Fort. That's right. Yeah. Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every Ladies day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Disneyland. The happiest place on earth. It's time to throw down, y'all. Have you thought about a visit to Disneyland during your vacation? You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. Join the happy people of all ages. Yes, there's more fun at Disneyland in Anaheim. The happiest country on earth. Welcome, foolish mortals, to Cobwebs and Phantoms, a podcast that will turn your hair white from shock about Disneyland, Star Wars, and all the other things the Disney company owns that go bump in the night. On this episode, we're talking about California investigators returned from a sunny trip from Disney World, rested, relaxed, and full of turkey leg. California says that Disneyland can reopen, but not in any way that actually allows Disneyland to reopen, and the theme park industry collectively loses their minds. And in our main segment... We're taking a look at the creep-tacular Disney film, The Watcher in the Woods from 1980. My name is Scott, Dark and Stormy Night, and with me is my brother on the mic, Aaron, Absolute Necredity Robbins. <laughs> Necredity! Uh, it sounds like you're saying I have no credit, which is not true and also very scary. Like, what a... I can't think of anything That is more the scariest ha- thing you could have is no credit. This Halloween, the scariest thing you could have is That's no right. credit. Uh, you mean Necredity as in, uh, like... Crypt of the Necro Dancer, like a Necromancer, right. like a Necrid, a, a, a Necrid, you know, rotting. That's the rotting necklace you body. wore where you could eat the candy off of it. No, yeah, ne- neck credit, neck, neck credit. Welcome to uh, welcome to Bob Sleds and Banthas, a remote episode. We're not in the same room, which is we are not. We're back in the. How bunker. does that feel to you? Yeah, I'm in my it's blanket. Feel, honestly, right it now. feels like old times. You're. <laughs> Hair is a mess. Your it's couch fort is a mess. My, it's, a, it's all. It's all. I haven't shaved in days. Yeah, it actually feels like I'm in a bunker at this point. I'll tell you what, though, the sparkle is still in your eyes, and it's coming through oh, over nice. the over the video. So all is right. Uh, the charm is still there, except for that. All is not right. How's your How's your week been going? Tell me a little bit about what's going on in your week. Then we have so much exciting, scary, spooky stuff to talk about. Crazy stuff in Disneyland, and then my favorite Halloween movie, maybe. Maybe does it hold up? Watcher in the woods? I don't know. Tell me what you've been doing. Though, we'll man. find out. Oh, this week has been well. This week has been unusual because I traveled this week. Yeah, so you did. I, I traveled across the country this week. First time I was like on an airline in the past six months, uh, and it was man, it was just a weird experience overall. Yeah. I mean, just the process of being in a mask from the second you step through the airport all the entire time that you're on a plane, all the way through layovers and that sort of thing, and basically taking your mask off. When you finally reach the end of your destination, actually, at one point I laid over in O'Hare and I just straight up went outside and just took my mask off for a little while because I just, I just did not like wearing it. It was a very weird experience. I captured some of it on video for Mm. the benefit of you and the band, the tears. Maybe we'll work that into a Patreon video or something like that. But, um, I have to tell you the most uh, interesting, I had such a spooky experience. Can I share this with you? I've been waiting to share this with you. Okay. So I was in the Midwest this week. I was in Indiana 
and I was talking with someone, I wanted to get to know sort of where I was. So I was talking with someone who had grown up there and knew a bunch of the neighborhoods and the different areas. And so I, I said like, give me some places that I should see when, I, uh, w- when I'm driving around. So she gave me like a bunch of different neighbors ta- neighborhoods to take a look at, go to the downtown, go to this, go eat at this restaurant, like all those types of things. So I got a really good feel for where I was. Yeah. One of the places that she sent me was she said, oh, you really need to go see... Her name was Stacy Yelper. Stacy Yelp. Her name was... Stacy Go- Google Antitrust uh, Case. Yeah, okay. That's what it was. That was, that was um, who was showing you around? So one of the places that she gave me to go was on this road that was out of town called Devil's Hollow Road. Devil's Hollow Road. Okay. And it would take me far out of town. And you were like, into- yeah, this, this sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, to- like to- I'm, totally I'm, normal. I'm up for this. But she gave me a bunch of different places to go. And when she gave me these places to go, the thought was like, we'll go take a look at this during the during the daytime. Yes. But I stayed downtown. I was in Fort Wayne. I stayed in downtown Fort Wayne for a little while. And I figured like, I'll go in and check out these, uh, these surrounding areas later. So I start my trip out to Devil's Hollow, uh, out to Devil's Hollow Road. Devil's Hollow Road. Yes. After the sun has already set. So it is dark. <sighs> Scott, this okay. is just... This already, is just, you know... This is just a history of you making bad decisions. There's a, <laughs> there was you camping on a beach in the woods, which my kids... Everybody yep. in my car was appalled that you made that decision. And now you're <laughs> like, oh, Devil's Hollow Road? Ah, oh, sun's going down. I can go to uh, Cottage Candy Lane or <laughs> Devil Hollow Road. And you chose that. So what happened, man? So I'm driving out. I'm driving out to Devil's Hollow Road. Devil's Hollow Road. And and it is like it is farmland. Okay, okay out in uh, in the outskirts of Fort Wayne. And as I'm driving there, it's beautiful. Like it is fall colors. Things are changing. I'm driving through a forest. It's a winding forest. And as I'm driving through it, I realize, oh, wait a second. Like I have to be careful. I might hit a deer, which of course you have intimate knowledge of hitting deer. Yes, and so times. I did not I'm want to, I did not want it. to ex- have a, have the Aaron Robin special. So I'm immediately slowing down. Anyways, I'm taking this windy, windy, uh, road through the forest and then the forest ends on one side and there's cornfields on the other side. There are no streetlights. Okay. Yeah. It is pitch black out. It's only my headlights and all the cars start falling away from me. They mm. just, I'm the only one on the road. I come to a four-way stop and I am not kidding you. My headlights hit a graveyard. A graveyard oh, yeah. that is straight up against the intersection. Yeah. And I'm immediately creeped out. It's drizzling rain. Yep. It's dark out. Stephen King's walk is in your passenger seat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Suddenly there's just a red this balloon. Good. Keep sitting. going. Keep going. I'm getting a lot <laughs> of content here. So... I, I I pull off to the side because I'm just intrigued. Like there's just tombstones, just old tombstones just right next to this country intersection. And there are no houses around me. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, maybe this graveyard is leading up to a house, but I can't see anything. It's, just, it's completely dark. I can't see anything. Totally. So I decide like, I want to get a picture of this. <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> about, Scott Storm? <laughs> I'm, I'm legitimately creeped out, but I really, I'm like, I have to capture if a photo. Any of point this. of the story involves you opening the car door. I just, I don't understand your decision making matrix. Strap in, my friend. Oh goodness gracious! So I hold on the car real quick. To this town you've yeah. never been to before. Correct. Dark. Yes. Raining. Yep. Country road. Yep. Corn. Yep. Intersection. Graveyard. Uh-huh. 
possibly yep. creepy farmhouse. All of correct. All of the above. And your next decision is I should get out. No one around me for miles. Yeah. I should probably take a closer look. You, you know what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I basically use Scooby-Doo logic here. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty much what did. it was. Yep. So I pull my car uh, close to the, as close as I can to the graveyard. My headlights hit the great, hit all the tombstones. And as my headlights hit the tombstones, I swear three pairs of green eyes jump out of the graveyard toward me. Yeah. And it's three more deer that okay. are springing out of the graveyard, coming not, straight at my car, not running Phineas, past Gus, my car. And Ezra. It wasn't Phineas, Gus, and Ezra, although that would have been awesome. Yeah. But yeah, so these things spring out, and I lose my mind. Yeah. Like, I'm so <laughs> frightened by this. Complete jump scare. They trot off into the forest that's across the street from the graveyard, and I get out of the car, yeah. and I snapped a couple of quick pictures. I did not walk Anywhere far, I did not walk farther from the car that I could jump back into the driver's seat immediately after taking those photos, yeah. slam the door, lock the car, and peel out of there. Yeah. But I captured photos of this spooky old graveyard. You will be able to see those at um, Instagram at Bob Sleds and Banthas. It was you exciting. Have, you have courage that uh, that can only be described as courageous or crazy. I don't know. Or which. crazy. I felt a little bit uh, Ichabod Crane-ish. do it creepy. man it's creepy you want to talk about some news or what let's cackle in that news <laughs> this may be the scariest thing of all that you're going to be leading the news section. oh i'm not Go leading it. it i'm just saying oh. that I, i'm a little more uh, up to date and may, may have some commentary on it there's a crazy landscape out there the the relationship between uh, california and disneyland and the theme park it, it it's 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 reaching fever pitch if you will so this it, is either a real thing or this is actually their uh this is a reality show that's being filmed and disney's like yes. i can't believe they don't see this i can't believe they can't tell we're actually filming a reality show with gavin newsom uh, and it's gonna be great. releasing on disney plus it's gonna be releasing on disney right? plus it's called yeah. open that, that's, it's right. just called open. I don't open, know. The, open the Disneyland story. Yeah. It feels like every week it can't be, it cannot get more melodramatic than it is. Yeah. And yet it continues to get more melodramatic. Yeah. So uh, when we last left uh, Jen and Chris, yep. uh, they were having another argument in the cafeteria. Yep. Um, uh, Jen and Chris did not seem to understand each other. And I believe Jen, who uh, for our analogy is Gavin Newsom. Yeah. Uh, said, well, I'd like Chris to try is to Disneyland. Date. Jen is Gavin Disneyland. Newsom. Uh, Jen said, I'd like to date an, another. Uh, I got a boyfriend. He just lives in Florida. I'm going to go out and check him out. That's right. Yes, yes. So she went to go uh, date her boyfriend in Florida for a little bit to see whether or not she really, truly loved Chris. And they went and did that. Disneyland, uh, Gavin Newsom's office sent uh, public health inspectors on a plane yes. to Walt Disney World to just kind of get an up close and personal look at COVID preparations to see if they would even begin to pass muster in California. That That's a thing that happened now. That's right. And so Disneyland Resort President Ken Potrock uh, said that the the visits over in Florida were, quote, incredibly thorough, and each visit was, quote, multi-hour, which I want to feel like, yeah, they, in other words, they went to Disney World, right? Like it was yeah, a multi-hour, very thorough like that. theme park hey, visit. You guys fire up this popcorn machine? Yeah. Like it's just, it feels very much, very thorough. Sounds like a, a, a hidden man. Like, man, they stayed a long time. 
Yeah, I feel like my visits to Disney World are incredibly thorough and multi-hour right, as well. Exactly. Um, I, I, he also said that uh, that CDPH took detailed notes. They had a meeting afterward with Disney, uh, and he said, "We come away going, quote, this is great. They came, and I think they learned some things." Yeah. Hot Rock uh, said, and they even had a couple of suggestions. Which is so yeah. humorous to me. Yeah, it's cute. Uh, it's it's cute. Like, <laughs> oh, thanks for your suggestions. Which yeah. takes us to where we're at now. Yeah. Which is the opening plan that that the state of California unveiled was theme parks can reopen theme parks that are the size of Disney. So we'll talk, say Disneyland, your Knots, yeah, your Universal Studios. Those theme parks can reopen when the county in which those theme parks live reach the least restrictive tier, which again, for those playing at home is the yellow tier because there is no green tier thoughts tier. This is what I understood happened. Uh, Tell me if I'm wrong, because this is what I understood happened. They sent the investigators over there. Uh, They had a really, really great time, got some pictures. And then they're like, you know, what would be better. (laughs) They got that photo pass is if the guidelines made it. So somehow like just us were allowed to like go. Is there a way we we can go? We can go, but nobody else can. But then they came back. And then, you know, what I heard was, uh, you know, I read some of the details of, you know, how few people have to test positive. It was like one in 100,000. And it was basically like, you know, as soon as as soon as finding somebody that's tested positive to COVID is like finding a needle in a haystack, then you guys can open up your, your theme parks right. again. And right. then everybody... And that's at the county level. That's not yeah. at, like within the theme park. That is for the county. Uh, it felt like the vibe from the internet and from Disney and from every was a very hand like a hand throw up, like, oh, this, come on, this is, re- like, then we're never yes. opening. Then we're never opening. Like, and according to this, much we're never happened. opening. So, so the least restrictive tier, again, for our non-California listeners or the ones who are just so fatigued from hearing all this that they're just not caring anymore, yeah. the least restrictive tier, generally capacities for areas in the least restrictive tier is like 75% of capacity, something like that. Yeah. But for theme parks specifically, it's limited to 25% of capacity or 500 visitors, whichever is fewer. That means there are going to be 500 people in Disneyland yep. when this thing opens. Translation, like you and I are, we're rope dropping that yeah. because we are going to ride Peter Pan over and over and over again. <laughs> yes. It feels like the state of California is like, if you can shoot this uh, this arrow into this bullseye, uh, you can reopen. And they're like, well, we did that like already. And they're like, right. no, we, no, no. We, didn't you see us do it no, over yeah. there? No, you didn't. Yeah, you, we'll, Okay, we'll come over there and watch you do it. And then they're like, all right, there we go. We did we it. We just did like, it. See, we did it. All right, we're going to make the bullseye smaller, though. Can you do it? And they're like, cool, we did it again. Yep. And then they're like, well, what if we make the bullseye impossible? Okay, how about we blindfold you? Yeah. Can we blindfold you into it? And I think somebody said they... that. Uh, Pop Rock, or that's his new last name. Is, uh, is it old Pop Rocks? Is, old Pop Rocks said uh, that it feels like a moving target or that the bullseye, the, yeah. the target's getting progressively smaller. Uh, so it's a tough yeah, position to be in. Hey, and uh, yes. So, I mean, and, and you had indicated this, that basically theme parks just are collectively super frustrated with this. Yeah. And they've all issued statements about their disagreement with the way the governor has laid this out. Uh, Pot Rock said, we're not getting a solution-oriented discussion. We're getting, here's the rules, and you have to live with it. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say uh, something else is going on. I have no idea what that is uh, yeah. and whatever, but this isn't. This does not sound like we just really value safety, precaution, patience, metered responses, and we're going to walk with Disneyland through those things until we can open. Right. It sounds like something else is going on. It, I just don't know what it is. Uh, it, and I can't discern that either. I mean, I, I agree. When you take a look at 
gathering spaces and the capacity of those gathering spaces, they're they're not all playing on equal equal playing fields. And so there is something going on that I think is beyond us and it's happening, you know, it's 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 happening in in the governor's office and there's clearly a disagreement in the way that these things should be progressing. And at one point the theme park industry was working collaboratively and then again there's just this falling out. So where this currently lies is we're taking a look at the projection of when a theme park like Disneyland can reopen. And Orange County Health Officer Dr. Clayton Chow said on Tuesday, quote, I think for a large county like us, especially a county with institutions of higher education, where folks are coming in from outside of the country and outside of the state, I think it's going to be very hard to achieve the yellow tier. Yeah. And then he said, personally, I think we can look forward to a yellow tier by next summer, hopefully, period, hopefully. May. Translation, <clears throat> this is... May we open. May we open. It, more like probably July. July, July we can, open. <laughs> July we open. July, July we can't open now. July, <laughs> why don't we open? Yeah. It feels like uh, Gavin Newsom must be thinking about running for president in four years because he's certainly not planning on staying the governor of California. I'm sorry, president of where? <laughs> I don't know. My go-to is Chad. Is Chad a good country? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. yeah. Gavin for Chad, yeah. 2022. Yeah, well, at least, you know, people can take, you know, some sort of comfort in, in commiserating together because it's not, if we can't go to Disneyland, we definitely can't go to pro football games or any other sort of big sporting event. They're all closed, right? No, that's the thing. That's the, that is the disparity what? is that pro sports are allowed to start having people in the stands, but not theme parks. 500 so once again, Aaron, once again, the sports, the sportos, the jocks, yeah. again, higher on the social yep. strata than, uh, than us, than us nerds. Can you imagine 500 people in Disneyland? You just, it's, it's just a walking tour. It's you and 500 people. And then nothing's, nothing is open until you get there. You just have cast members in front of you and they're like, yeah. we're all going to fantasy land. <laughs> they open up. Fantasy okay. Well, land. let's open it up. Yeah. We're now we're going over to frontier land. They open that up for you for a few hours. 500 people in Disneyland is like, it's the dream of every Disney fan. It's yeah. basically having the park open to yourself to go on whatever you yeah. want, whenever you I want. I think it's creepy and I wouldn't want to see it. I wouldn't want to be in there with 500 people. I think it's, I think that's creepy. Do I think that's creepy? I do. I think it's meant to be, there, there's a, there's a sweet yeah, spot of people. It, it, it would feel like a ghost town. It, it would feel like a like for a private event. Okay. Like I got to go in one time for three hours for this private event. There was only five. It made sense that there were only 500 people, not as like a normal operating day. That would feel crazy. Again, a part of the, uh, part of the experience of Disney is having people around you, yeah. right? It would feel, it'd feel cavernous. I mean, just imagine having the area loop in whatever land you're in playing, but that there aren't ambient noises of people to absorb that loop. Like yeah. it would feel very, ominous mm -hmm. i don't know if ominous is the right word it would seem no, like i think it, it is because it feels ominous. very zombie apocalyptic it's like well, i guess yes. this is how it's going to be when us right. uh, superstructures survive and everybody else is gone and we go to disneyland still there's gonna be 500 of us except when we take over the matterhorn yeah. as our new gang uh, yeah. uh, uh hideout our new hideout hey we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we are digging up the grave of a long buried disney horror film that scared 80s kids silly it's our look at the watcher in the woods coming up next
Watcher in the Woods. How yeah. do we even begin this thing? Well, uh, uh, it is I don't a, know. it is a movie. Yep. It is a movie. That's uh that's it. That's how we get into it. Yep. It's a movie. Yep. First of all, it's a movie that came out in 1980. Yeah. It is a Walt Disney Pictures film. Yep. And it was nightmare fuel for a lot of kids growing up. I was not one of those kids. Yep. I was actually not aware of this movie growing up. Crazy. Or maybe I did, but I certainly had no idea that it was a Disney film. Right. You, on the other hand, like this is you this you mainlined this. Yeah, thing. I don't know. All I don't time, know how right? that. I don't know how that. How and why that happened. And when I was watching it, my kids were like, "You watched this more than once?" And I was like, "Yeah, I did." And they were like, "Why?" <laughs> But because uh, like to scare myself silly, that's why I think we had it on uh, Betamax, which was, uh, I think, Sony's answer to the VCR. And uh, it was. and so we, we watched I just watched it over and over again on that. <laughs> and uh, so it was really fun. It was really fun. Did you not have any other Betamax movies to watch? It, it, that was Watcher in the Woods came with our Betamax. And then so and my parents <laughs> wouldn't buy another one. So I just watched that over and over again. Yeah. Uh, it was stuck. It was stuck in the in the Betamax. Player. It was so fun though. To uh, every time you have a movie like that from your childhood that you watch multiple times, you don't remember the whole movie. In fact, there's large parts of the movie that that you just don't remember at all. But there's these right. very like key scenes, these very key moments in the movie uh, that you lock away in your head, and then to rewatch those and see, oh, what did they really look like? What you know, how old were the people? How old do the people look now to me? Yeah, uh, it's yeah. super fun. So I had a blast. You know, when when scenes would come on, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I remember this. All right, so I, I I can't wait to get into that. Uh, a little bit of background about the yeah, movie. Yeah, talk to me about it. So it was it's based off of a a, a book. I don't know okay. if you were aware of that, but I there was a book that, that was released. I think it was in the seventies. That was the Watcher in the Woods. Disney picked this up, uh, and they did this in nineteen eighty. And this was again one of their attempts for Disney to reach an older market, right. not necessarily an adult market, but like an older, like a teenage, a solidly teenage market. Yeah. And other movies, uh, you know, one of the movies that we keep coming back to, one of the touchstones of Bob Sons and Banthas is The Black Hole. Yeah. The Black Hole came out in 1980, I believe, or 79. It was yeah. 79 or 80. Also, another one that was attempting to define Disney as being an artistic filmmaker or artistic film house yeah. of something that wasn't just animated features. Right. Yeah. A little grittier, a little more serious, uh, yep. a little darker, a little moodier, especially this one, a little more especially moodier camera, one. camera angles and all sorts of stuff that you wouldn't typically see uh, in yep. a Disney film. And this was produced by Ron Miller. Yeah. Uh, again, one of my, one of my favorite reoccurring characters on this show, yeah. Ron Miller, USC football player, astronaut, mm -hmm. husband to Diane Disney Lane. Uh, eventual CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Yeah. That was like three truths and a lie. Short, you figure out yeah. which one it is. Short-lived CEO, but... Uh, Short-lived CEO. But, uh, yeah. But he produced this. He produced uh, uh, The Black Hole. So, again, this was his vision. His vision mm -hmm. was Disney needs to be more serious. It needs to be a little bit darker, a little bit more frightening. It needs to be... We need to be able to grab teens, which in some ways, when you think about it, is not dissimilar from what Michael Eisner's vision was for the theme parks uh, as a whole was we yeah. need to grab, you know, the teen market a little bit more. It's funny. Yeah, it's a funny thing. And they all did it in different ways, right? But there's a funny, yep. there's this funny idea that there's something about the Disney brand that's too clean, too polished. And so people won't. So we have to go right. outside the brand to get people in instead of, uh, instead of trusting that, that, that there is a center to the brand that will pull in a bunch of different people. Like we have to change yep. the brand, expand the brand to get people versus really keep the brand what it is and trust that people are going to be attracted to that. Just 
just two different ways of thinking. And uh, it's funny whether or not you think these types of movies feel very Disney or not. They definitely feel very 70s and 80s, but I don't know if they feel Disney to me. I, I don't think they do in any way. I mean, I, again, if this was expanding the brand, I don't know if it was the failure of the movies or that consumers just have in their mind a set expectation of what Disney means. Yeah. And and Disney, no matter what they're going to do, is not going to break out of that. And so I think there is this sort of expectation from consumers of like, this is what a Disney movie is. Watcher in the Woods, The Black Hole, like they don't feel like Disney films to me. Yeah. But I'm really glad that they exist. What else do we know about the production? Anything uh, interesting? It's got uh, Betty Davis in it. Betty and, Davis? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of her last films, was it? I believe. Yeah, I believe it was. Um, she is looking the part uh, <laughs> in this movie. Uh, she's, she, I don't know if she had to go through makeup or if that's just, they told her just show up the minute before your scene starts and that'll be good enough. I don't really know. My kids called her uh, evil grandma, <laughs> evil grandma. That's what her I, name she, became in our house. I mean, I think, I think she was in her eighties when she did this movie. Yeah. Still and acting, still doing a great job. Still acting. acting, but she, I mean, she was the star power of this film. No one else is really notable that yeah. I'm aware of. Is there anybody that stands out to you in this film hmm. other than Betty Davis? Of the other six characters in this movie. Right. <laughs> um, no, uh, I know that the little, I know that the girl, uh, the young, the young Ellie Curtis, uh, the young girl character in the astronaut jacket, uh, she was on Little House on the Prairie. But oh, she was. She was the young, the young one on Little House on the Prairie. But I don't. Oh, I, she was. I don't believe that. I didn't know that. I don't believe that star power. Well, it's something. It's something, yeah. The the main character in this movie, Jan, is played by an actress named Lynn Holly Johnson. Yeah. Uh, she was a professional figure skater. Oh, really? Uh, in the in the seventies, oh. before she switched over to acting. Oh, like she this used, was, I think she used none of those skills in this movie. None, none. I think this was probably one of her first productions, if not her first production, which. Yeah. Quite frankly, it shows. I mean, without getting into the review of the movie itself, yeah. but uh, what but, else? Shot in London. Shot at Pinewood. Pinewood Studios. Yep, Pinewood over Studios. In what, what else? Uh, what uh, else? Very famous studios, of course. Uh, another notable film uh, shot at Pinewood. Star Wars, man. Yeah, Star Wars. I thought so, but I thought you were going to say it. <laughs> I was waiting for you to fill it in. Yeah, Star Wars. Watcher in the Woods of the of the same cut of the cloth. It's like there. the same movie. It's, it's pretty the much same the same movie. genre of storytelling. Uh, and so, uh, is so, there any creepy well, story behind the production? Is there any like weird thing that happened? Not that I know of. Ah, Are you bummer. aware of any cre- creepy production? No, I just thought you had something. Oh, I you thought, thought, I thought well, you were be like, uh, oh, people disappeared. Uh, there, there is a story behind the production, but I wouldn't say it's creepy. We'll save that toward the end. Okay. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds good. So, so tell me again, your familiarity, you had so uh, your beta, the, your version, your copy of the Betamax yep. version of this movie was stuck in your Betamax yep. player. Couldn't so you get watched it, out. it over and over again. Couldn't get it out. So like what age were you first exposed to this movie and what was your reaction to it? Like, were you five years old when you were watching this? Uh, movie? No, no. So it'd come out on Betamax. So that technology's got to mature. So probably between the ages of nine and twelve, somewhere in okay. there. Yeah. And would you say, uh, I, to me, this movie feels like it's targeted at probably the thirteen and up? Yeah. So maybe maybe twelve to fifteen market. So you're a little bit younger than I think probably what the intended audience was for this movie. Or do you feel like maybe? This movie was intended for that age, nine I, to yeah. I feel like whatever. it was intended to be sort of a, a an entry to to the 
scarier, creepier storytelling. Uh, there's there's very little. There, there's no cursing. There's very no. little. Uh, there's no violence, uh, and there is right. no sort of romance or any sort of like boyfriend drama. Like literally, the things that you would put into a movie to keep people interested at, at certain levels and to tie in multiple plot lines. This movie it's is not void of any of those things. That's there's true. literally That's true. one thing happening, and it's even a little bit difficult to piece together what that is. Um, You're right, and I think on purpose. I think on purpose. Um, so it's a very safe. It's a very safe movie to watch, uh, and it does a little. It does a little neat thing in the in the midpoint of the middle uh, movie that I liked, and we'll talk about that a little, in a little bit. Oh, I'm curious to know. Okay, well, let's get into it. So, cool. She had a daughter, about your age. Had lost many years ago. Perhaps you reminded Mrs. Aylward of her. Lost how? I really don't know all the details. Just that she disappeared. I believe the circumstances were rather tragic. Do you want? Do you want to take a crack at summarizing the the plot behind this? Yeah, this movie, I or? always go okay. first and do a terrible job, and then and then you, you back me up with some, with some actual summary language. Uh, Watcher in the Woods is about a girl, uh, a family that has two daughters that the Curtis family, and they uh, are able to lease a uh, a giant house for some like reason, English mansion, an English basically. mansion in the in the yeah. countryside, uh, in the middle of the woods in the countryside. And as they're moving into this house, uh, strange occurrences start happening to the girl that yep. leads her to believe that she's connected to the disappearance uh, of another girl that looked like her from long ago, 30 years ago. Uh, the daughter of Betty Davis. Yep. The, Betty Davis's character. The lady that owns, owns the mansion. The she's kind of yeah, subletting right. the big house and she's living in the small house. Right. And so as this family settles into this town, into this mansion, uh, strange things start happening that connect the oldest daughter to this this other lady, this girl that had disappeared 30 years ago. Uh, and yes, she gets, my note says, house be creepy. Yeah. That's what my note says. House be creepy, woods be creepy, yep. everyone be creepy. Everybody uh, be creepy. And so as the movie moves along, there a... a a plot is built that this girl is going to somehow be involved in trying to bring back this, this, this daughter, this other girl back from wherever she's gone. She's either dead or she's disappeared. She's in a different dimension. Uh, you don't really know. You just know that, that the plot of this girl that disappeared and this new girl, uh, are intertwined and they're going to, they're yep. going to be untwined at the end of the movie. You're hoping and that's kind of and what there happens. There are, there are little breadcrumbs that are, are, uh, strewn about throughout the movie that, I think keep the viewer guessing as to whether or not this is a haunted story, a haunting story, a, uh, a, a missing child story, yeah, some sort of serial killer thing that's happening. Killer happened. story. Like, you know, they do, yeah. all of them are very poorly constructed, but they do some sort of, uh, they do some sort of like misdirection. They do some very right. heavy handed misdirection in the movie. And, and I would say that as the movie goes on, the things that are happening to Jan, the main girl in yep. this movie, gets progressively more creepy. Yeah. So, like, we have shattered windows that come out of nowhere uh, in in the in the panes of glass that have been broken. She sees images of this girl that is her age, that's blindfolded, that's yep. calling out for help. Yep. Uh, her little sister gets all creepy and starts writing messages backwards in dusty and foggy windows. Yeah. And speaking in a very like vacant tone. Yeah. Um, these are the things that happen specifically to the character. But then for us, the viewer, there are even more creepy things that happen, which I think is interesting in this movie because, again, there's a set level of creepiness just that's happening to these characters. Yeah. And I think in a lot of horror movies, good horror movies, you are frightened because of the situations that the characters find themselves in. 
you're not necessarily frightened by the cinematography of the film or the editing decisions in that film. Right, interesting. It may heighten the tension that you feel for these characters, but those things in and of themselves are not necessarily frightening, which is different here in Watcher in the Woods. Absolutely. Uh, like, we get scary things yeah. that the characters do not experience. Absolutely. Or, or yeah, would not have experienced in the, in the way like you, you actually, yeah, there's, there's a level of interactivity uh, to this movie through uh, primarily the camera angles, camera shots, right. and uh, a very, uh, very middle of the movie jump scare, which is what I was yes. uh, referring to. And it's the highlight of the movie and the highlight of it for every kid that watches this movie is the jump scare in the middle because it is uh, wonderfully done waste way waste it's the scariest thing in the movie from a visual perspective oh, do you think so uh from a visual person it's not the scariest thing from like a like a creepy spooky thing uh but it is the thing that will make you jump and it was the thing growing up that i would be like it's coming i know it's coming it's coming right he's going to do a little pause with his voice and then the scream and the the visual so let, okay uh so we're obviously going to get into spoilers in this movie yeah um, it was in the 80s folks it was in the 80s. You, you can't can even it watch it if you want to, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, you got you got to do some research in order to watch this movie. Yeah. What jump... So there are a couple of different jump scares in yeah. this film. Yeah. Uh, and, and so the one that you're talking about, is this the one that happens... Um, let's, let's set the stage for our listeners. Yeah. So uh, again, um, Jan finds out... There are little breadcrumbs strewn throughout where Jan believes that she can rescue Karen the the daughter that has disappeared. Yeah. And she believes she can do that by reenacting the situation that caused Karen to disappear. Correct. In finding this out, she goes and visits like a an old abandoned cathedral, mm-hmm. I think is what it is, yeah. sort of in the middle of the woods. So and no, in a that chapel, ca- I think they call it a chapel. A chapel. Yeah. A chapel. So she goes into that chapel and in that chapel there is a coffin. Yeah. Is that the jump scare you're talking about? She looks no, inside the coffin. The the penultimate jump scare of all '80s Disney's movies is um, so Jan Jan Curtis is is interviewing some of the people from the town to try to figure out what happened, and she interviews uh, sort of a sling blade, uh, sort of a I don't know, a, a simple a, a simple countryman, a simple countryman, and and yeah. he he goes into a very <laughs> this guy reminds me of. Uh, uh, Quinn from Jaws, who, who, whoever the shark catcher is from Jaws. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Qu- yeah, Quinn. He's got so the, the guy's giving a very Jaws-like description of the disappearance of this girl Karen, and he's like, "We went in the into the water. That's right, went into the water. Ten come out. Yeah, dude, it's exactly like that. He's giving a very uh, Quinn-esque description of went into the chapel. Three went into the chapel. Three went Four into came the chapel. Out. And then he goes, you know, he 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 says something like, "What was it I seen then?" Has she come back from the grave to haunt us for what we've done, Mr. Keller? Is it the ghost of Karen I've seen? <laughs> she really die. And then there's a pause, and then a, a an illuminated skeletal ghostly yes. apparition flies at the screen with a cackle. It goes, ah! Uh, and and it, fi- it turns out that's just an amusement park ride. That but- scared the sugar out of me okay <laughs> it's like, scary when that happened and of course that jump scare is they're in a fun house like yeah. they're in like a haunted house like a coney island type of thing and so it has nothing to do with what he was just setting up but it is a perfectly timed jump scare it is. that is 
terrifying because it just catches you so off guard. It's so well done. And it was the thing that I knew where it was going to happen. I knew it was right when, when he was doing that little Jaws thing. And then he was going to pause. They do, they do like a second pause. And then the thing comes and out. And then it's, smash cut. Yes. It still scares you every time. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So there, there are several of those types of jump scares. None done as perfectly as that one. Yeah. But there are several very, very well done jump scares of things jumping out at Jan uh, at the last moment. There yeah. are the, the, the crash zooms, right? Jan goes into a hall of mirrors. Yeah. Suddenly, she and you can see this in the trailer. If you watch the trailer, trailer gives a lot of stuff away, which yeah. is very on brand for 80s, uh, 70s and 80s trailers. She goes into a house of mirrors and then she sees Karen yeah. uh, in, in the reflection and hundreds of uh, hundreds of images of Karen with her eyes covered by a blindfold. She's reaching reaching out and screaming, "Help me!" But you can't hear her, hear her yell, "Help me!" You just see see her mouthing, "Help me!" And uh, and then the up camera, on my, Ray, my Ray joke from when Ray does that in the cave. Oh, Ray! <laughs> and then she snaps. Ray and and there's a lot of you. There's a lot of you in here, right? Hey, uh, Ray, uh, you need me to fix any of these uh, mirrors? They all look okay. I noticed that Karen, she breaks the mirrors lots of times. I can fix that mirror for you. Get your reflection looking good again. What do you think? We give you like a 40 for one deal because it's all pretty much the same mirror. Oh, boy. That Karen Karen ghost, she really breaks a lot of mirrors, (laughs) a lot of windows around here. (laughs) She's good for business. Right. Yeah. Anyways, that's what I thought of when I was watching that part of the movie is the. uh, Hey, Karen, you need help? (laughs) Hey. Hey, Karen. Why don't you take that blindfold off? You see where you're going. <laughs> it just makes sense. All right, keep going. A lot of good jump scares. The smash, oh, the, the mirrors. The, uh... the camera flips. Have mm-hmm. you? Did you notice that there are several yeah. times when the camera does like a rotation and like it spins, it spins the viewer yeah. around. And then I think the thing that is most unsettling about this movie, production-wise, again, we experience it, the characters don't experience, is the use of first-person perspective. Yeah. Right. There is mm-hmm. like there is the watcher in the woods. Yes. You the there is a continually throughout the movie is a handheld camera yep. that is someone looking through the woods yep. at the family and into the into the house and and it's done to a very creepy effect. First, wrap this up. Yeah, I mean, eventually. So if I mean wrap up the the discussion the of the of the movie the the well if we want to wrap up the not, review not the review the uh the sort the of setup. intro the, the setup. setup yeah, yeah the, the setup. So eventually Jan learns that this isn't a ghost. I don't know how she learns this, but yeah. she learns it's not a ghost. But the watcher in the woods and the watcher in the woods is apparently a, th- a trans-dimensional alien mm-hmm. that accidentally swapped places with Karen yeah. on the night of like an initiation ceremony slash seance that mm-hmm. occurred between slash dead poet society kids. book yeah. reading. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like there basically there are three people that were trying to uh, that we're going to initiate Karen into the Dead Poet Society of their group. Yeah. Uh, they they uh, they encircled her. They put a blindfold on her. They said, you can't look. Whatever happens, whatever you hear, you can't look. And they're basically like, we like Karen. Does Karen yeah. want to be part of our club? And then yeah. suddenly lightning hits the chapel. Uh, 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 the, the, the bell tower collapses. Karen disappears. The Dead Poet Society scatters. They never talk about what happened. Yeah. Right? And this interdimensional being the watcher in the woods is is their positions are swapped karen goes to where right, their positions was. are swapped yeah and that's and, and the and the watcher in the woods is trying to get back home yeah and uh and jan realizes if they recreate she had they actually call it a seance which is yeah. weird in, yeah. in and of itself but if they recreate this event then perhaps they can rescue karen yeah and and ultimately they, they swap 
Yep. I mean, ultimately what happens is uh, the, the, the watcher swaps places, Karen gets rescued, and it ends with Betty Davis walking to the chapel and saying, Karen, you've come home. Wow, that was and really good. And then credits. I can't believe you're not that was my voiceover Betty Davis. artist. What a waste. Thanks, <laughs> That's a waste. Are you calling me a waste? Everything I've yeah. done is a waste. The fact that you're not on Cartoon Network? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Happy oh, Halloween. I appreciate that. Happy Halloween. Welcome uh, home. It pretty Karen, much sucks here. You look just like my Karen. <laughs> oh, let's talk about one really creepy thing that happens in the movie. Okay, the movie? Oh, the, yeah, the movie throughout. Uh, how about that scene where Jan is in the woods and she's looking into the she's looking into this lake. Pond, and yeah. And then like this... And then this this like beam of light hits her. She sees a reflection of Karen again, blindfold, yeah. asking for help. She gets drawn into the lake. She falls into the she lake, does. and she's and she's caught under like uh, like a log. Yeah, like a downed log that has branches that have like pinned her underneath the water. Yeah, and then Betty Davis comes and she grabs a stick and she starts pushing her down she into the water, churning butter. Man, she is making <laughs> butter out in that <laughs> pond. Right. She is just going to town. She's doing laundry. She's like, she's your clothes like, are dirty. That's right. She's just like just shoving Jan down under the water. Yeah. And there's this shot where it's it's you see Jan under the water struggling and yeah. she's screaming yeah, underneath she's like, the water. No, don't help me. Don't help me. And that and that's what it turns out. You think you think Betty you think that Betty Davis is trying to kill her. Yeah. But instead she's actually she had to actually push her farther under the water in order to get her unlatched yeah. from the log that's pinning her down. But you don't know that during the time. Yeah. So it's this very like tense and freaky experience. Especially just because of the shot. You're yeah. looking straight down at Karen under, the, I'm sorry, straight down at Jan under the water, and she's screaming for help underneath the water. Uh, and it just keeps cutting back to that. Man, that's, that movie's It's unsettling. Freaky. It's let's, so unsettling. Let's go through a couple of scenes in the movie and, and, and just work our way through it and see where that yes. leads us. I like the, uh, the short film that plays before the movie, uh, which is just called Trees. Oh yeah, trees. Uh, it's an eight-minute short film with credits <laughs> over the top of it. That is just pictures of trees. For it's a nature ever. documentary it that is. they repurposed into the opening credits and put the most terrifying score behind it. Yeah, it's very creepy. Lots of yeah. shots through like holes in trees. But you're like, dude, a two thousand, uh, a twenty twenty audience. Are they going to sit through eight minutes of just There's no way. creepy tree footage? This movie hasn't started yet. And then when the movie starts, it still doesn't really start. There's like no, because it's like the slow like, and then the family comes, drives all the way yeah. up to the house. It's interesting because uh, I will say this as I feel like the movie as a whole. One of the reasons why this movie is so creepy is because of the really rapid editing that takes place yeah. in this film. Like scenes just abruptly end where you would think there would be a little bit more breathing room to end that scene. So much, it's like so heavy up front, and then it's like yeah. they, it's like they they're editing software you couldn't go back. And, and, and do it. <laughs> yes. So so like at the beginning, they're like, oh, well, this movie is going to be four hours long. And then they're like, dude, we, we don't have enough. We got to cover time. We just got to cover time. <laughs> exactly. So the first the first act is, you know, half the movie. Yeah. Uh, How far are we into this? Yeah, oh, we're like 65 it, minutes. Is, we got to wrap this up. a noticeable thing for sure. Yeah. Uh, my kids, when they were watching it, I watched it with the whole family. Uh, every time I'd ask a question about the movie that didn't make sense to me, they would say like, oh, they're British. That's just the way they do it. Like every <laughs> every single thing. Be like, you know, they're British. Yeah. Why is this guy like that? Oh, they're British, Dad. That's just the way they, they drive do it on the there. wrong side of the road. Yeah. They don't salt their food. It's, you know, it's just the way British are. 
Hey, how about this character, uh, Mike? Jan eventually, just out of nowhere, with no explanation. He's a stable boy? Yeah, yeah, meets... Her boyfriend? Meets a motorcycle stable boy with no introduction. They're all of a sudden, like, fairly close. Like, they've been dating for two or three years. Yes. Uh, but you don't know who this guy is. Uh, I thought I missed something. Did they... <laughs> they didn't establish him, right? No, like, he's, just, he's just Mike. They were at a motocross rally at some point and then met Mike from there or they were celebrating Mike. I, I really, I really lost it. They, they, lost met, it they met some time before that. You don't know. And then they're hanging out with Mike at his mechanic, mechanic shop and farm. Yep. Uh, and then they go to see him where, he, of, where he repairs uh, motorcycles and horses and horses. Yeah, both. He puts them both up on the same rack <laughs> That's right. and uses the same <laughs> sets of tools. My favorite thing about Mike uh, is that when he's racing his motorcycle at the motorcycle race where uh, Jan almost gets killed by an errant motorcycle that That's explodes right. into a ball of fire. Uh, Mike's helmet is a white helmet that just says Mike. <laughs> on the <side> of it. <laughs> it's so awesome. He just got That's this big awesome. helmet and big black letters. that says, hey, I see my helmet. Uh, is this yours? <laughs> it's the one that says, I don't know, Mike. does it say Mike on it? Wait, what number are you in the race? No, I'm Mike. No, I'm Mike. <laughs> I'm not a number. I'm, I'm just Mike. Mike. <laughs> Mike's great. What else you got? Uh, I love the score of this film. Yeah, it it really is, and it's. I, I noticed they they credit it. That's available on Disney Records. I don't think you can get it on Spotify. But honestly, like I would love to track down the score of this yeah. film because it is so well done for a spooky, ghostly, uh, you know, or- orchestral score. It's really, really well done and done very well throughout the entire film. I got two just quick things. It is very well done and creepy. Um, uh, the young one, Ellie, the the Ellie. one wearing the astronaut, she writes the uh, the Karen's name backwards on a window, uh, yep. and it says Narek. Uh, yep. And then Jan, her older sister, goes. I've never seen you write like that before. And I'm like, what are you a graphologist? Like, what do you mean she's <laughs> writing very normal letters on it? Like, do you study her writing? That's it's one. very clear that she's writing backwards letters too. <laughs> yeah, right? it's it, this is not hard yeah. to decipher. Whoa, what is what, what is this guy? My I have to pull out my cryptology book. Yeah, and then to Quinn. His name's not Quinn. I don't remember what his name is. John Colley maybe uh, is saying like, oh, her name was Karen or whatever, and she's like, she went into the water. We've never known she a never Karen. Came out. And I'm like, you've never known a Karen in your whole life. I find that very hard to believe, Jan. <laughs> we've never known anyone named Karen. No. Listen, Karen False. beat you out for uh, captain of the cheerleading squad. It's exactly. Pretty clear. Yeah. Um. I there was a. You know, we may have talked about bad, spooky decisions that I have made, uh, such as yeah, going to a uh, abandoned cemetery in the middle of the night. Devil's Hollow. But I will say, to your credit, Aaron Robbins, Ooh. and to every child of the '80s who watched this movie, there is no way I would have been brave enough to watch this as a kid. Really? Like, there's just no way. Like, <laughs> I was very, I it was spooky things, scary things, yeah. terrified me as a child. Haunted houses went nowhere near them. Spooky yeah. movies wanted nothing to do with them. Uh, I, we we had mentioned, I think it was last week, two weeks ago. Disney also produced a movie called Something Wicked This Way Comes, which came out in the '80s, which is definitely one that we will watch and do a Good. review on soon. I have not seen it. Something Wicked just terrified me there are again like you talked about there are scenes that you forget about the movie as a whole but there are some things that just stick with you something wicked has a couple of scenes that just stuck with me and really frightened me as a child 
And so this type of movie, I just, I would not have been able to do it. Yeah, I the, just brand, to do it. the brand of the scariness is not violence. It's not death. It's not, it's not like bloody or like no, even. It's it, just psychologically frightening. It's, it's psychological. Yeah, it's psychologically frightening. And, and it and it devolves into a sort of possession moment where, where, where the younger right. girl, Ellie, uh, has a very possessed type moment. And that is, yes. that is very frightening for young kids. Yeah. Um, and, and then and it, offloads into a science fiction thriller. Yeah, it, it totally <laughs> so does. Bizarre. But the movie, the, the, the whole movie crescendos to use a Scott storm word into this very Raiders of the lost Ark, fiery, uh, sort of building moment, uh, where the transference happens. And yeah. I think that is the scariest part for kids because this little girl that looks like them and has largely been innocent through the whole movie is now clearly possessed by this interdimensional yes. being. And it's not weird. She's not freaking out. She's just talking no. in this very, uh, straight voice, but she's clearly possessed. Yeah. It's like, um, Danny from the shining when he said, you know, the red rum kid. Yeah. Have you never seen the shining before? Oh no, seen I've seen it. Before? Yeah. I don't yeah, like to terrifying. talk about it, but I, I've no, I don't it. blame you. Uh, but it's that sort of like, again, vacant, like she clearly taken over by another, by another force yeah. and, and communicating that way. And so she, she does, she does that as well. Uh, a couple other quick things. Uh, yeah. So the, the 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 thing where Karen, the original girl, the Karen girl disappears is through this seance thing, through this ritual, through this right. hand-holding thing. Yep. Uh, and he says that it's a secret society. I mean, the thing is, this is a secret society Karen's trying to join. Uh, where, but part of his uh, oration, part of the, the sort of thing that he says out loud yep. to, to do the seance is that... Uh, Karen Elwood... You have been brought to this place to prove yourself worthy of our secret society. We number only three. We three alone have passed this test of courage. Many have tried and failed. Like he says, lots have tried, many have failed. And I'm like, yeah, this is a secret society. How many people could, re- could have really failed? Uh, Do you think just people just disappeared left and right every yeah, single maybe, time? I guess so maybe, maybe the th- failure is not is not staying uh, staying present. Yeah, I guess that's it. And then the the whole premise of this movie is about a girl Karen who wants to join a secret society that nobody on Earth would ever want to be a part of. Like nobody in that group is cool. <laughs> that's right. Like nobody. It's three. You're not people. getting anywhere. It's three people in a town of four. Like right it's, yes. it's not worth the risk at this point in time but but maybe maybe if uh if karen hadn't disappeared to another dimension uh maybe they all would have been like total ballers in that town. Total, yeah and just so, owning and, that town that has four houses one bridge yeah, and a exactly. lot of fields and a motocross track there's literally no downtown in this movie you don't see any town there's no townspeople there, no there's there is nothing. a there's a motocross track yep there is a stable that fixes horses and motocross bikes yep there's a creepy mansion, yeah. two creepy mansions, two creepy mansions, and and that's the town. Oh no no, no and a fair. And I'm a, sorry. And, a and there's also yeah, a a, a, a carnival, a local carnival. Speaking of the seance, yeah. I think it's important for our listeners who may be thinking about showing this to their kids. The seance, quote unquote, is pretty tame. It like, is. I, I they aren't. They do not believe that they are trying to actively contact the dead. Yeah. Right. I think that they they keep calling I it a game. They, they keep calling it a game, but it's not also, it's not even like a game. Like when people call like Ouija boards games, but right. you know, there's sort of like a culty type ties to it. Yeah. Like I think the only thing that's a culty about this film is the, is the use of the word seance. Yeah. You know? And, and I think I, I know you don't like movies that are a culty. I don't like movies that are a culty. I certainly don't like showing my kids movies yeah, that, sure. that deal in those types of things, 
But this movie, I don't feel it leans any heavier into those aspects than a movie like Hocus Pocus does. For sure. There's no there's no imagery. It would have been very easy for them to put imagery that supported that in the movie, and they don't. Uh, right. You know, the only symbolism is through a triangle and a circle. Uh, and, and a, and a, and a uh, eclipse. Yeah, and the eclipse is sort of the right. backing force behind that, not anything else weird. And, and the seance is very tame. It's just the blindfold. But I never had a problem that that as a kid the the yeah. problems i had as a kid were the were the jump scares and then just this young girl sort of being taken over by this this unknown force uh, right. which if you think of it as like a et it's like a it's like a spiritual et then it's less scary oh man wait till we get to my taglines oh uh, great i have a um, bunch too uh, the other thing true or false there are so many scenes of this movie that would have been just so awesome uh if raptors would have come out and eaten people Oh, sure. <laughs> right? This movie... Yeah, Raptors make everything better. You mix this movie up. When they do the remake, they mix Watcher in the Woods up with Jurassic Park. There you go. That's what you got. I was just... I was, and, the, and the Watcher is blue yeah. from Jurassic World. Click, yeah, click. <laughs> I love it. Clever girl. You want to do um, some taglines or what? When are you going to be ready well, for... Did you know that there? Did you know the ending that was shot? Uh, the ending, the ending that you watched was not the original ending. I There's did not an know interesting that. Interesting story. Okay, really briefly, let's go through this. 1980, 1980, This movie is released with an original ending that you can watch if you find it, and uh, if you find it on on YouTube, you can watch the original ending. Basically, what happens is you actually see the watcher, and in this, in the version that we see, the theatrical version that we see. The Watcher is sort of like a light, a spirit yeah. that that appears next to Ellie, the daughter, and then uh, and then uh, switches spots with Karen, and then Karen reappears. In the original version, you actually saw the Watcher, and the Watcher was this sort of Lovecraftian creature that was completely terrifying, like Ooh. nightmare fuel inducing, a black creature with yellow eyes that flies over to. Jan and then wraps its wings around Jan and transports her up into the sky and then they disappear. And then it goes into the planet where Karen is captured or not captured, but where Karen is stuck. And the watcher takes Jan to the watcher's wrecked spaceship. Yeah. So that then she can reunite with Karen and then bring Karen back to her dimension. It that's is a lot. so trippy and yeah, so crazy. Weird. So that was the that was the original ending that that was released in 1980 and it was panned by critics. It was yeah. out by like for like 10 days. Disney pulls it from the theaters, redoes the ending and releases it a year later to 19 for 1981. Oh, fan, that's fa uh, fascinating. I didn't know that. And then releases it to the to the ending that we have right now. I'll tell you this, man. Uh, I watched this movie growing up. I'm going to go with eight times. I probably saw this yeah, movie okay. eight times growing up. I didn't really understand fully what was actually what was going on till, sure. till I watched it. How this could time. you? How could you? Like, I don't know. She, this girl disappears and then some weird stuff happens and they do this weird thing at the end and she comes back and nobody's really seems glad to see her. She certainly doesn't seem glad to be back. No, Karen seems no offense, like categorically one of the most boring people I've ever would like to meet. She's very Karen. <laughs> She's very Karen. Uh, but I didn't really no know. Any Karen, no offense to any Karens that listen. I didn't know that that like till just watching it this time that there was that they were switching places with a, even though she pretty much says that's what's happening. Ellie. The oh my gosh. I didn't know uh, the, that the complexity of this movie's narrative is so high above. Yeah. Uh, what a child again, the target audience should be understanding of this movie. 
Let's do taglines. All of taglines. All of mine are actual titles. I just retitled it uh, from Watcher in the Woods. So I think all of mine have Watcher or Woods in the title. So mine are not okay. taglines. Mine are titles. Okay, good. I've got I've got also known as. Okay, good. So let's start with an also known as. Watcher in the Woods. What happens when Spielberg's E.T. and Spielberg's Poltergeist have a baby and take her to Disneyland? Watch and find out. Yes, so much with the E.T. pool. Yep. Uh, first retitled is uh, Cello in the Woods. Because <laughs> of the strings. Yeah, it took yeah, a little cello while. In, cello in minor. Yeah, minor yeah. chords in the woods. She's got Betty Davis. I can't believe Betty Davis is in this movie. <laughs> yep, neither can she. All right, she does, she does some solid acting, but she is, oh, yeah, she yeah. is scary. There, uh, she's gaunt is that right she's uh she's gone haunted yes. ha- she's haunted mansion ghost portrait ish very much so very yeah. much so she's a scary yeah. character she, yes. uh all right my next one is tripod in the woods maybe it should be purchase a tripod <laughs> yeah. please, for the woods where's the tripod in the woods where's the tripods in the woods uh here's my next one watcher in the woods no no you don't understand roy e disney it's not a terrifying film for children it's a story of a teenage girl who helps a lost alien and another teenage girl get back to their mommies. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a love story. It's very sweet. I really feel like that was how it was pitched for yeah. them to go like, okay, well, we can do this. We can totally do this. So there's nothing weird in it? No. Nope. No. It's like, it's like, it's like E.T. Did, Do you see E.T.? It's yeah. like E.T. Do we, we have motorcycles. Have you seen, have you seen Rad or have you seen my, uh, what's the movie where the motorcycle? <laughs> Rad. The, the, uh, but Rad. no, but like the bike is like alive. It's like Herbie for motorbikes. Do you remember that movie? The kid gets like a motorcycle. I think it's got the I kid from Listeners Christmas. right in. I can't, I can't place it. Next, uh, next title is uh, Bangs and the Girls Who Wear Them in the Woods. <laughs> The next one I have is, I may be able to close my eyes, but I can't close my ears tightly enough. Because yeah, of- Yeah, that wasn't that good. Because that of the good. what? Because of the, the music. Because of like all the scary noises and all the music. Watcher right. in the cut, town. Cut that one out. Cut that oh, one out. I'm cutting all mine. That might get less and less funny. Uh, watcher in the town with one car and one bridge in the woods. Not yep. Good. Yep. Good. Watcher in the woods. Oh, honey, it's a PG film about a spooky house made by Disney. It's going to be like Haunted Mansion. Yeah. See, there's the Disney Castle logo. Nothing to be afraid of. Oh, my God, what have I done? <laughs> oh, I think that's all I got. The other one I have is not, not good. I sort, I sort of petered out, I think, is what happened. I got my last one. Yeah. Watcher in the Woods, the ideal Disney movie to show your four-year-old after you've taken her on the Tower of Terror. There you go. It'll, it'll bring it back down. Yeah. Bring it back down. Uh, I showed my kids, they, uh, the 12, uh, 13 year old, not, not, not really buying. She buying. wasn't into it. Uh, no, she liked the movie. She just wasn't really buying it. I think as a spooky movie, I don't okay. I think she had a lot of questions about how the British pronounce words. Uh, the yep. funnest part of it was watching, her biggest issue with it. It was the Britishness of it. The funnest part <laughs> of this movie though, was, uh, we ran it with, uh, Google's auto generator. I'm sorry. YouTube's auto generated subtitles below it. Yeah. So characters would change name and would be like, are you insensitive? Where's Kevin? <laughs> There's no Kevin in this movie. So that was actually pretty fun to watch the subtitles just completely destroy uh, this movie. And, I would uh, I would not show my kids this anytime soon. The 10 year old was uh, was, you know, scared from creeped out from the first five minute. That tree sequence is very spooky. Yeah. And then the jump scare in the middle with the skeleton and then the weird kind of possession alien stuff at the end. Uh, definitely. You know, they make sure that you start scared, you get scared in the middle, and then if you if you'd been bored by the movie, there's something scary at the end for you. Yeah, M- my kids are sleeping in my bed for the next three months if I show this to them right now. Yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. decide if you want to pay the price for that. Just to which watch only them. makes them want to watch it all the more. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, the movie is 84 minutes long and got a 6.3 out of 10, uh, like IMDb. What would you give it? Out of 10, uh, out of 10 eclipses, what would you give it? I'd give it easily a 7.5 to 8. Oh, wow, that's a really high score. Seven, I would say 7.5. Especially Again, for you, uh, for which the is time no- that it's made in. Notoriously for the time tough that it's on made movies. In. I say that again? I said you're notoriously tough on movies, so that's a very surprising rating. I am. I think for this movie, for what it is, it's really satisfying. It's not a poorly made film. Again, I think it could have breathed a lot more. I mean, you yeah. could have added 15 minutes onto it. The The sci-fi ending is really... That's the biggest problem that I have with this, but even that... I think you could play it in a very Twilight Zone-y, M. Night Shyamalan type of way yeah. and be successful with that. I just don't think that they allowed enough breathing space for it. I think with greater star power, with a little bit, with another draft rewritten and and a little bit more, a longer runtime, this movie could be, again, I would love to see this remade. I think it could be a really, really great kids scary film yeah i think mike's gotta mike's gotta mike's gotta get disappeared something's gotta happen to mike at about the three fourths <laughs> Man, you of the really way. don't like mike he's fine i think he's great he's pretty protective the thing i do like about mike and i'll tell you this is all three of them are on separate horses jan mike and ellie the youngest right and mike wants to go through the woods and jan's like i don't think we should and he's like whatever we're going through the woods uh, and then the horses get spooked and jan's horse his girlfriend runs to the left and the younger yep. sister ellie's horse runs to the right and and yep. Mike has to decide who to go after, and he chooses the younger sister, which is that's a classy move. And so that's, that's I like a Mike. Move. Yeah, it's a, that's the right Mike. move, Mike. Wait, yeah, um, that's right but other than that, I feel like he's a disposable character that we can kind of that we can kind of make disappear yeah, or kind of we'll, off. We'll rewrite him. We'll movie. rewrite him a little bit. Yeah, good. Uh, that's that's Watcher in the Woods. I think you should do some research and go check it out. Watch it for yourself, and uh, email us and let us know what you think about it. Yeah, or Instagram us. I don't really care what. Yeah, you yeah, do. for sure. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, We love making the show. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it. This has been Cobwebs and Phantoms. Uh, Fastest uh, episode ever. We could keep keep going, but uh, you've got lunch plans and I've got lunch plans. Uh, We release every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please be sure to subscribe, and we would love it if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, We'd like to know what you think of the show, and it really helps other people find out about it. Take the time. Take the time, friends. Do it. Yeah, in, in, a, in a season of trick or treat, please leave us a treat by going over into Apple Podcasts and leaving us a five-star review. It would be awesome. Uh, we want to hear from you. You should email us, podcast at bobsles and banthas. If you have a question uh, you'd like us to answer or a comment, or if you want to collaborate with us, it'd be awesome. We got an email uh, or a direct message from Insta- over on Instagram from one of our followers, dreamonaut, dreamonaut underscore, mm-hmm. And he said, it's like a hey, dream I love astronaut. the title. You know, it's like somebody that yeah, dreams, it's like a dream astronaut. dreams up yeah, in space. Ast- I love it. Dreaming about space. Yeah. He said, I love the Tower of Tepper. I love the Tower of Terror episode. So stoked that I could ride the Tokyo version. The theming is incredible, and the whole story would make an awesome movie. The whole Disney Sea Park is Imagineering Let Loose. And uh, the tower is a prime example of that. He talks about that there are several different uh, styles and cues and themes, medieval collections, old Egypt, et cetera. Oh, that's awesome. He says, he says it's an incredible park. I cannot wait to go there oh, someday. Oh, thanks for the message, Dream or Not. Absolutely. Um, he's, he said he just, uh, he loves listening to the show. And uh, he said, cheers, Bantha Tears. So thanks so much, uh, Dream or Not, for sending us that message. You should send us a message over on Instagram. We're at Bob Says and Banthas. Or again, you can email us, podcast at bobsaysandbanthas.com. You can visit our Patreon, chuck in a couple of bucks for exclusive content, other fun stuff. Uh, we're patreon.com, Bob Says and Banthas. 
You can pick up some uh, T-shirts, some merch. I picked up like cobwebs and phantoms T-shirts. You know what? Last so did week. I. I was so excited. Uh, I was I was heading out to a meeting, and uh, and then uh, I was chatting with my mom. She kind of ran up to the to, to the car, and she was like, "Stop me!" And and she was like, "Hey, I got a I got a, a Bob and Banthas T-shirt." And I'm like, "You did?" And she's like, "Your yeah. mom did." That's yeah. So and awesome. she's like, "I got I got the cobwebs and phantoms one." And I was like, "Oh, I don't oh, know if you're going to get it. it in time for Halloween." She's like, "I'm getting it in time for Halloween." And then it it, I, it showed up. I got and a she's shipping got confirmation. Yeah. She, oh, awesome. she already she, has she's her. She's worn it already. Oh, that's so cool. It's that's pretty so fun cool. to see your mom, and my mom is awesome and has been on the show. Uh, your mom is awesome. Absolute Judy has been on the show. Absolute Judy, she's pretty wonderful. Early, pretty early on uh, in, mm-hmm. in our recordings, but she's fantastic, you, and she's sporting it. It's our, our, our best Disney Mothers episode. You should listen to Oh, yeah, to yeah. It. That's when. Yep. And yep. Uh, she's sporting it. She's sporting a uh, Cobwebs and Phantom shirt, and it's great. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Uh, I, you can look us up on Tee Public. Uh, you can just search Bob's and Banthas. We've got a couple different styles. It's fun. Support the show. It's awesome. Uh, like I said, uh, Instagram at Bob's and Banthas. Until next week, he has been Narek. I have been Karen. <laughs> Wait, we got to do our actual last names, our actual first names backwards. Uh, okay, g- go for it. He's been Nora. Uh, and I've been Tox. <laughs> oh, yours is good. <laughs> that's not fair. And, uh, that's, that's the way it goes. Right. Like, Noron is pretty good. Yeah. No, nor, Nora. It's just Nora. Nora. That's Nora. 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 Yo, somebody name's Tox. I spell it with four O's. I put umlauts over all of them. It's pretty cool. There's lots of K's in there. Yeah. It's aggressive. Tox. Uh, we have been Bobses and Banthas. Join us next week for our special Halloween episode. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be awesome. Thanks so much for listening. If you do your if you do your last name backwards too, is your name not Tox Mrots? Tox Mots. Storm. Tox Mrots. Yeah. Yep. Tox Mrots. <laughs> Dude, your last your your name spelled uh, said backwards. Your name said Watch in the Wood style is like a Star Wars character. I was gonna say it's like a Star Wars it character. Absolutely Tox Mrots. Yeah. Awesome. All right. That's my Star Wars name from now on. Tox Mrots. <laughs> Synthomagnetic musical sound. Through the magic of light and sound. Yes, there's more fun at Disneyland in Anaheim. Open every day, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Devil's Devil's Hollow Hollow Hollow. Hollow.